The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. You're listening to Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Thank you for tuning in for this Unity Partner Program. Unity Online Radio partners with spiritual leaders from organizations whose mission and messages complement Unity's. We are pleased to bring you this program on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Welcome to Main Street Vegan with host Victoria Moran. Victoria is an author, inspirational speaker, and a certified holistic health counselor and vegan lifestyle coach. She's here to entertain, educate, and inspire you on your journey to look and feel amazing, eat extraordinary food, help animals, and create a physical body perfectly attuned to spiritual growth. Now, let's get this party started. Here is your host, Victoria Moran. Hello, everybody, and thank you so much for being part of the Main Street Vegan Show this week. We are always thrilled to pieces to have you. If you happen to be listening to this show live and in person, that means that it's noon in California, it's 1 o'clock in the mountains, 2 in the Midwest, 3 o'clock here in New York City where I am, or gosh, 8 o'clock, Greenwich Mean Time. You can actually give us a call and be Part of this uh, wonderful show, 888-558-6489. And we are, through 2014, giving callers a free membership in the American Vegan Society. And that includes a subscription to American Vegan Magazine. So if you would like to get in on that, give a call. Ask a question of one of our wonderful guests. Uh, we're going to be having Karen Hartglass of... Um, I've been saying the wrong name for her organization. I've got it in my head, the word rational, but it's not rational. It's responsible, responsible eating and living. You know, I do that Lumosity thing all the time. You would think I could remember responsible eating and living. Karen will be on uh, in the second segment. And to honor Whoever it was who said life is short, have dessert first. We're going to be talking with Julia Corbett, author of Raw Cookies, in just a minute or two. But first, I just want to, number one, apologize that we had a goof last week. Last week, we played a, well, we were to have played a pre-recorded show with Russell Simmons and his yoga teacher, Sharon Gannon. 
we are almost always live. I'm very proud of our record that we're live like 99.9% of the time and then go into podcast. But because of Mr. Simmons' schedule, we did pre-record that show and there was a little bit of a goof and the wrong show went up. But the Russell Simmons and Sharon Gannon show is there now. So if you go to the Unity online radio site or if you go to iTunes where the Main Street Vegan show lives or if you go to the tiny URL, which is just tinyurl.com slash MSV for Main Street Vegan podcast, you can find that show and you can listen to Russell Simmons talking about meditation and success through stillness and Sharon Gannon talking about Jiva Mukti Yoga and her glorious new book, Joyful Simple Recipes for Joy. So last week and ongoing due to the miracle of podcasting, last week we also had a Main Street Vegan Academy. It's our 10th course It was so much fun, and I really feel it's getting down to a science now. (laughs) I've kind of got everything just the way it should be in terms of uh, which days we do which things and what food works the best for everybody. So it was just delightful. Congratulations to all of the newly certified vegan lifestyle coaches and educators of class number 10. Tomorrow, so that means November 13th, 2014, if you are anywhere in the Philadelphia area, I will be speaking in Malvern at Penn State Great Valley. So please uh, check us out there. That would be so cool. I'm the first vegan speaker as far as I know that they've ever invited. So everybody come and then they'll invite more vegans. And over the weekend, this um, Saturday, that would be November Golly, what is it? 15th. Um, I'll be in El Paso, Texas, uh, Vegetarian Society of El Paso. They're having their Thanksgiving celebration, so check that out. And maybe we can meet in El Paso, which is a place I've never been before. And sometimes I feel like as far as the U.S. is concerned, I've been everywhere. And it's really cool to get to go someplace brand new. So I hope to run into somebody in those places and obviously really, really happy to be running into you at least audibly today and also excited to introduce you to my very first guest and her name is Julia Corbett. Julia is the founder of Diviana Alchemy. Isn't that beautiful? A company dedicated to sharing highly nutritious food through raw desserts and herbal medicine. Julia's background is in cross country and track and she discovered organic foods and later raw foods on her journey to detoxification, clear thinking and glowing health. Her new book is Raw Cookies. Doesn't it just sound yummy just to say, ooh, raw cookies? 60 delicious gluten-free superfood treats. Welcome to the show, Julia. Thank you so much. Julia, am I hearing you? Yes, thank you so much. Okay. Oh, it's wonderful (laughs) to have you. Your book is just charming and delightful. It did come to me from your publisher. And I'm so booked so far ahead that I almost never say yes to a book that is just sent to me. But yours is Mm -hmm. just beautiful. The recipes are exquisite. And I couldn't wait to have you on. So thank you for being with us today. 
What is the deal with raw? And why can we eat raw desserts and feel good about those when maybe some of the more traditional desserts we need to be staying away from? Sure, yeah. Um, with raw desserts, um, the, basically the best thing about raw desserts is that they're made with um, raw ingredients like coconut, walnuts, uh, you know, dates, and um, those are the basis for many of these raw desserts. Um, and they haven't been cooked in any way, so you're not destroying um, the nutrients or the fats. They're not going rancid. Um, so they're going to process a lot easier in your body than, say, something that has been um, cooked with, you know, different flours and um, the sweeteners and the fats are all cooked. Um, so I, I just find that with the raw foods, you know, they're, they just go through your body a lot easier. And they're so delicious. I mean, the flavors. And they're delicious, yes. Oh, my gosh, the flavors. And now, um, I know that out in California where you live, if you go into even a Starbucks or any place, there's a warning that, that things that are heated to a high temperature, such as in a coffee shop, it would be the coffee uh, through mm-hmm. the roasting process, yeah. and also the baked goods could develop right. uh, acrylamide, which is carcinogenic. Right. Yep, that's like, um, you know, that super dark color that you see uh, when something's roasted or when it's baked. Um, Basically, it's creating like, it's going beyond caramelization. um, And that, yeah, creates toxins in your body and your body can't process it very easily. So with the raw foods, you're going to have, you know, all the antioxidants. They're not going to be destroyed. They're going to help your body, um, you know, with your immunity and your energy. And, yeah, it just feels a lot better. Well, they certainly look fantastic. These these are the most beautiful, beautiful desserts. The other thing I like about your book is that a few of these do call for a dehydrator, and people who get yeah. very involved in, in raw foods will often purchase a dehydrator. I don't imagine I ever will because I live in Manhattan, and my kitchen is the size of, well, maybe not a shoebox, but a boot box. Um, so yeah. a dehydrator is just out of the question for me, and to have a wonderful raw dessert book where I can make almost anything without having to have any special equipment. That that's a really nice thing. Yeah, so, for sure. That's that's something that um, that I think I was drawn to raw desserts uh, because of the flavor and because of the freshness. But I always found that they were um, you know very labor intensive, and then you had to wait at least overnight, to eat them, um, and I didn't want to do that. So I kind of created uh, some new methods and using a lot of um, coconut, coconut flakes, coconut oil. That's like the base of a lot of these recipes. So they can be refrigerated instead of dehydrated. So you also use a lot of superfoods, and even in your um, yeah. your subtitle, we say superfoods. So I'm looking right now at the cacao reishi. Am I saying that right? Cookie bites? Yeah. I think that's the reishi mushroom. So yeah. tell us about some of these exotic and, and special foods. Start with the reishi. 
Sure, yeah. Reishi um, extract powder, which I just bought some last week, by the way. Didn't know I was going to be using it for cookies, <laughs> but maybe I will. Yeah. Now you can try it in cookies. Um, yeah. But, yeah, reishi is one of my favorite superfoods. Um, it's classified more as, like, an herb because it's a medicinal mushroom. So it's a mushroom that dr- grows on a tree, um, and it's got really great immune-boosting pro- uh, properties because of the polysaccharides, which are contained inside of the mushrooms. Um, and I find that uh, certain herbs like the reishi or shaga, which is another mushroom, um, those pair really nicely with cacao because they have these bitter notes, um, but they're very complex. And, uh, yeah, it, it kind of rounds out the cacao. So sometimes cacao can cause, you know, um, people to have maybe too much energy, Um but with the reishi, when you're combining it with certain herbs, then you can kind of tame that energy a little bit. I love the idea of a medicinal cookie. <laughs> That's very cool. Yeah. <laughs> this one also calls for a little bit of uh, ashwagandha, um, an Ayurvedic uh-huh. herb. What does that do for us? So ashwagandha is um, basically they use the root from the herb, and um, this one is processed with a cold water extract. Um, You can get it in many different forms, but I prefer to use the cold water extract. Um, And then it's really great for your thyroid health, and um, it's a known adaptogen. So adaptogens are herbs that can help with many things. Um, Basically, whatever your body needs, it's going to help it adapt to that stress that your body has. So uh, ashwagandha is one of those herbs. Well, that sounds wonderful. I love the idea of pairing a raw food philosophy and Ayurvedic philosophy. And in traditional Ayurveda, they would say, no, you can't do that. But, you know, these days we're doing a whole lot of things. (laughs) They seem to work. Yeah, we do. (laughs) I don't want to let anybody think, oh, my gosh, I can't make these cookies because I don't have all that strange stuff. I just picked one that was exceedingly medicinal. But I'm looking now at coconut uh, goji chewies that really calls for nothing but coconut and, and um, protein right. powder, a uh, little vanilla powder. So, the, the, and they're very easy. Many of them are really, really simple. So, what's your very take, easy. Julia, on this whole anti-sweetness movement? I saw somebody the other day saying, you know, uh, sugar is the new tobacco. And <laughs> what do we do with the fact that humans like sweet? Well, I think that we kind of um, vilify things, like we classify things all into one category. But what we're talking about when we don't want sugar is we don't want the white refined sugar. We don't want all the minerals stripped out of the sugar. So when you use, um, you know, sweeteners that are closer to the origin, then uh, you're going to still retain some of the minerals in uh, that food. And then you're also combining it with ingredients that are very high in fiber. Um, So the fiber is going to help slow down the release of that sugar. But if you're eating a lot of sugar on its own as, you know, there's, you know, uh, lots of candies and crackers, they don't have much fiber. It's just going to spike your insulin. Mm. Yeah. So I think that's, 
that's kind of where it's going. Um, but you know, we like to take things to extremes. <laughs> yes, yes. Well, I think we can take health and the beauty of some of these foods as you've done in this book to a little bit of an extreme that might just balance things yeah. out. So, right. uh, I, so on Twitter, you are Corbett Julia. And is there a website yeah. you'd like to share with the listeners? Uh, my website is divianaalchemy.com. Beautiful. Well, we will get to know you better. And everybody, go out and take a look at Raw Cookies by Julia Corbett and then make some and share them with me. Thank you, Julia, so much <laughs> for coming on the show. Now, Julia is out in Los Angeles where it's just lovely and warm pretty much all the year. The rest of us are gearing up for the colder seasons. And we're going to kind of want some different sorts of foods. So before I bring on my next guest, Karen Hartglass, after the upcoming break, you're going to hear a delightful rendition done by Karen Hartglass and her husband, Gary. And I'm not going to say his name because I'll say it wrong. We'll get her to say his name properly when she comes on. So uh, right after the break, you're going to hear a really charming version of Baby, It's Cold Outside. Stay with us. Unity Online Radio brings you inspiring programs on a variety of spiritual topics. Giving to the network is now easier than ever. Simply text Unity Radio to 72727 from your smartphone. You can make a one-time or recurring donation. Your gifts help us offer enriching spiritual programs that reach listeners around the world. Text Unity Radio to 72727. Thank you for your support. What if you could experience vibrant health, help heal the planet, and be a great friend to God's animal kingdom through simple choices you make at breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Authors Victoria and Adair Moran say you can do this easily, affordably, and deliciously in their new book, Main Street Vegan. Everything you need to know to eat healthfully and live compassionately in a real world. Loaded with practical tips, straightforward information, and fabulous recipes, Main Street Vegan will help you on your journey toward a plant-based diet. The perks include more energy, an easy way to keep your weight where you want it, feeling younger as you grow older, and maybe even a boost to your spiritual life. Purchase Main Street Vegan from BN.com, Amazon.com, or your favorite bookseller. Many people believe that happiness is an addition problem. If we can add what we want to our life, then we will be happy. In reality, happiness is a subtraction problem. It is learning to subtract all that has kept us from being happy. What thought, fear, or belief is keeping you from being happy? Let it go from your mind and watch how much happier you become. Let go of the past. Release regret and resentment, and you'll be free to move forward and create the life you deserve. 
This moment of inspiration was brought to you by Reverends Richard Mirage and Richard Rogers, hosts of Spiritual R&R. For more spiritual insight, join them every Monday at 5 p.m. Central Time on Unity Online Radio. listening to Main Street Vegan with Victoria Moran. If you have questions or comments about today's topic or any other area of interest, we invite you to follow Victoria underscore Moran on Twitter or email her at MainStreetVegan at UnityOnlineRadio.org. Now, back to Main Street Vegan. Baby, it's cold outside. Take 28. I've got to go Baby, away. it's cold outside. This evening has been hoping been that you drop so in. Very nice. I'll hold your hands. That just like I. My ice. mother will start to worry. You, what's your hurry? My father will be pacing the Listen floor. Listen to the fireplace So roar. really, I better scurry. You, Please don't hurry. Or maybe just a half a drink Put more. some records on while I The bore. neighbors might But think. baby, it's bad out there. Hey, what's in no this No cabs to be had out there. I wish I knew Your eyes are like scarlet now. break the spell. I'll take your hand. Gosh, your hair looks slow. I ought to say no, no, you no, mind sir. You mind if I move in a little At closer. least I'm going to say that. What's the sense in hurting my pride? I really can't Baby, don't hold out Oh, but it's cold outside Oh, I simply must go But baby, it's bad out there The answer is Darling, it's cold outside This welcome has I'm lucky that you dropped so in. Nice and warm. Look out that window. Take a look at that store. My sister will be suspicious. Gosh, your lips look delicious. My brother will be there at the door. upon a tropical My maiden aunt's mind is vicious. You know, you're delicious. Well, maybe just a cigarette more. Never such a blizzard before. I've got to go. But baby, you'll freeze out there. Say, let me it's up to your knees out there. You really been grand. I'm thrilled when you touch my but hand. Don't you see? How can you do this thing to There's me? bound to be talk tomorrow. Think of my lifelong sorrow. At least there will be plenty of If you caught pneumonia and die, really get over that old doubt. Oh, but it's cold.
That is the beautiful cabaret stylings of our guest, Karen Hartglass, and her partner in life and music, Gary Matai. Gary Matai. Spell it so we all get it right. Okay, it's Gary D. Matei, D E space M A T T E I. Wonderful. Hey, Gary. (laughs) I (laughs) love that. I just absolutely love it. And that is one of those songs that they only play at Christmas time, which is ridiculous because it can be cold now. It can certainly be cold in February and March. And the idea that a song like that is only really played about three weeks of the year. You know, if everything else were taken care of, if everybody were healthy and there was peace on earth and nobody ate animals anymore, then I would make my cause to extend winter songs so that they could be played for a longer period. But somehow I don't know. I think think I'm going to get around to winter songs. I think it's kind of like, I'm sorry. No, go ahead. I think it's like um, eating rich foods and special foods that they're good for a treat on occasion, and that makes them more special. I suppose that's it. Do you eat differently in the winter? Oh, sure. Um, Not intentionally, but I think I gravitate more towards fruits in the summer, juicy, hydrating foods and uh, cooler foods that are not cooked. So maybe they're called warmer foods. I'm not depends on who's talking about them. And then in the winter, I like uh, more hearty soups and stews. Yeah, I always know when the fall is here in earnest, there is a blast of wind and my desire to get out the crock pot. It's just weird mm-hmm. because, you know, in the summer, I think I'm a raw fooder or almost, you know, I eat a lot of raw food. But then as soon as it gets cool, you know, baby, it's cold outside. You want something a little bit different or a little bit of both. So I haven't yeah. officially introduced you. This is Karen Hartglass. Karen was a chemical engineer who is now a nonprofit executive director. Her organization is Responsible Eating and Living.org. She's also a singer, as you know. She is an ovarian cancer survivor, and she speaks all over everywhere, including to cattle ranchers, which we will talk with her about. And she is herself a radio host and is about to do some very interesting work with Diet for a New America author John Robbins and his son Ocean. Welcome, Karen Hart. Thank you, Victoria. And I can't help myself just jumping in like that when I have something to say. I'm sorry. (laughs) Well, it's always wonderful to talk to another radio host. Because, you know, you kind of get the radio thing and the banter and the conversation, and that's really cool. Makes it easier for you. Well, yeah. So I know you've been on before. You were you were an appetizer guest uh, a, a few months ago, and you were just so good, and people liked you so much, and they wrote in and said, bring her back. We want more of her. So this yeah. is back by popular demand. And if you would right. like to speak to Karen Hartglass today, 888-558-6489 is the call-in number. So um, tell us... Uh, what your history is. You wanted to be vegetarian when you were just a wee sprout of a thing. Well, I was a teenager, and actually, when I was really young, um, I don't know exactly how it happened, but my sister and I got involved with doing good and wanting to help and and be 
activist. I didn't even realize it back then that that's what I was. And uh, we used to put on fundraisers in our backyard for cancer research. I was like seven years old, eight years old. We did sang songs and raised little money. We were um, really against smoking and and um, would raise money for these things. We tried to get on Jerry Lewis's telethon after we raised some money for multiple dystrophy. And um, that was how we got started, my sister and I. And then when I was a teenager, <laughs> this is really funny, but this a friend of mine in high school came in one day and said he was a vegetarian, and that was like the light bulb for me. And I decided I'm going to be a vegetarian. I didn't realize it was that epiphany moment when you realize what's who is on your plate. And um, I that was my beginning. And then when I saw this guy like 20 years later at my 20th high school reunion, I told him he was responsible for my life's journey, and he said, I was vegetarian for a week. <laughs> Well, you did something. You know, sometimes those weeks are important. And if it's like 21 days and you're Beyonce, it just makes tons of, of uh, vegans all over the world. So, Absolutely. Um, you yeah. know, we, I think that any little taste of this can be a start. So I celebrate all of it. Me too. Yeah. Well, so that's my beginning. <laughs> that was a lovely beginning. Yeah, I was doing stuff a little bit like that, kind of. We used a Christmas carol for the um, animal shelter in Kansas City. The only thing was that, unlike you, I just could not carry a tune. I actually had a spiritual experience about eight months ago when somehow I figured out what a key was. And I'll mm-hmm. never perform as a singer, but, you know, I could go to a baseball game and kind of join in on the national anthem without people moving away. <laughs> But when I, I used to do the Christmas caroling, I think people gave money to the animal shelter just so I would stop. But no. the desire was there. So tell us about your background. I mean, you have a very unusual background to be doing the kind of work you're doing. Well, I just want to say I think everyone should sing, and I think it's really terrible when people tell you don't. And anyone can learn to sing better than they do if they want to, but everyone should just Sing their hearts out. I don't. Oh, care that's so nice. No, oh, it, it's. I, I hate stories when I hear about teachers that tell little kids that they shouldn't sing. It's just. Oh, like, I was told move your lips. Oh please, <laughs> it's just terrible. Anyway, anybody can sing, and anybody can learn to sing better. Especially uh, if you listen to our voices, they go up and down and up and down, which means we have the ability to hear tones, and it just takes a uh, little practice to elongate those tones and make them musical yeah well there was one time that i could sing before this eight months ago a spiritual experience which i don't know what happened it was like the light bulb went on and i know it's real because my husband has perfect pitch so it's terrible for him because if i'm singing in the shower or whatever it used to just feel like like chalk on a blackboard to him now about 15 years ago we were in the netherlands And because it is legal there, we went to a coffee shop and we smoked some funny tobacco, which I had never done before in my life because I was a good little girl and never wanted to do anything wrong. Uh, But over there in in the Netherlands, where even the queen of the Netherlands said she did it once and she inhaled. So we did that. And then we were coming uh, back to the suburb where we were staying from the, the train platform in Amsterdam 
And I started singing Broadway show tunes, and William tells me that I was in totally perfect pitch and that he was so tempted to put a hat down because we could have really made some money that night. But the next morning, I had lost the ability and was hurting his ears yet again. So my my latest singing thing was in, in church, and I said to the woman next to me, oh, my gosh, I love this church, the, the Unity Church here in New York City, because they get these incredible professional Broadway-type performers. And, of course, I can't even carry a tune. And she said, yes, I know. So I, I did have this thing where I just realized at this this point several months ago that I was over that hump and, and I could sing. And, and I shared this with my husband and he said, you haven't been taking anything. It's like, no, William, not a thing. I just all of a sudden can sing. So it's actually on, on my Santa list to get some singing lessons. Oh, great. This is a beautiful story. And there's probably just some sort of internal release that happened I think that so. gave you permission I think so. Or I got to the stage in life where just living is like being stoned. I'm not sure. Um, <laughs> but Very you good. studied to be a, a real heady scientific person. A real, a Tell real us about that. Engineer. Yeah, so I was always good at math and science when I was a kid, and I was singing too. My parents uh, courted each other singing, and they raised us singing. So there was a bunch of different things going on, and I decided I was a young feminist, although I didn't realize it at the time, and I wanted to have a career where I knew I could always get a job. And it's funny saying that in 2014 because in this economy, no no background will guarantee you anything anymore. Uh, but back then, I thought it was a, a sensible thing to do, and I... Uh, studied chemical engineering. I got a master's and uh, my first job out of college, I went to work for DuPont in Delaware and I couldn't couldn't stand it. And I packed up my Toyota and moved out to California and discovered the burgeoning semiconductor industry, which was really fun back in the mid-80s because um, there weren't a lot of regulations. People were doing things in their garages, and uh, it was a baby industry, and you could really experiment and have a lot of fun, and I did, and I was involved with that for about 20 years. Then I accidentally got involved in um, nonprofit management. And that stands you in good stead right now, I would think. <laughs> yeah, it's, it wasn't something that I had... It really had on my uh, bucket list, but I was volunteering for EarthSave International, which was founded by John Robbins, and one thing led to another, and then I was asked to be the executive director, which I did for about eight and a half years, and uh, then uh, I moved on to create my own nonprofit, Responsible Eating and Living, and um, there, there were a number of reasons why I wanted to do that. First, I kind of wanted to put my own spin on the message about eating plant foods and how wonderful they are, but also after recovering from advanced ovarian cancer uh, with a 10 to 20% survival rate, uh, I wanted to share everything that I learned from that experience um, and kind of parlay it with uh, all the wonderful things about eating plant foods for health, environment, and animals and put it all together and that's what real is all about, responsibility and living. Well, that's a wonderful thing. 
Now, when you were diagnosed with ovarian cancer, you were already vegan, correct? Oh, I was vegan for, uh, let's see, um, for 18, about 18 years and vegetarian for a lot longer. Mm-hmm. Okay, so let's talk about real life. And I know that being vegan is fabulous. I believe it is the healthiest way to eat. I know it is the kindest way to eat and live. And yet, it's not necessarily a panacea. And I know when I run into vegans who have so much as a cold, much less <laughs> something serious, they feel guilty. They don't want yeah. to come out about it. So how did you deal with all that? Well, the first thing you have to realize is nobody gets out of this world alive. We all die. But uh, it would be ideal if we could all live a very long, healthy, happy life and then kind of move on in our sleep. But um, I thought I was one of these invulnerable, super healthy vegans. I felt great. And uh, then my belly started to get big. And I thought I had gynecologists for years uh, tell me I had fibroids, and I thought they were, from what I read on the Internet, fast-growing uterine fibroids. And uh, everything I had read kind of paralleled what the symptoms I had, and um, nothing was telling me about ovarian cancer. And and I had, thanks to all the great insurance um, companies out there, I kept changing insurance companies and networks, and I didn't have consistency in doctors. And so nobody really had any history for me. And then I I went in for a, a hysterectomy because I couldn't stand it anymore. It was really uncomfortable. This happened really quickly over a few months, and then I woke up and found out I had ovarian cancer, which was a big shock because I thought I was super vegan and what was cancer doing in my body. And in hindsight... I realized that I had a problem ever since I was a teenager. And I think I started either with some sort of genetic problem with very heavy periods that nobody seemed to be interested to talk about, the doctors, whatever, nobody cared. And uh, I just had to deal with it, and it was me, and so it was normal for me. I just dealt with it. And then on top of that, I was consuming lots of dairy, and I was using lots of super tampons. And if you know anything about the standard tampon, they're bleached and they're loaded with dioxin. So I was getting like a super triple dose of dioxin in my young little body on a regular basis. And I think that aggravated a problem that I already had. And and then one thing led to another. I believe that my diet kept me alive all this time, alive mm-hmm, and feeling mm-hmm. good. And then uh, at some point when I was 48 years old, things got out of balance. The the whatever was in there that my body was protecting kind of got out. And I have this whole complicated theory about what happened, and it feels good to me. But the environment and there's all things around us, things happen. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Did, did you do anything special in, in addition to the medical treatment that you got? Did you refine your diet at all, or did you just keep doing what you were doing and get treatment, and you were a lucky one? <laughs> I like to say that I wasn't lucky, that it, it, this didn't happen by accident that I'm still here um, eight years later. Um, yes, I did a lot with my diet. My diet was pretty good. I wasn't junk food vegan, but... I right away I I increased the green foods in my diet which are superfoods and boost your immune system and have great anti-cancer fighting properties. I have a green juice every day. We call it my medicine. 
with kale and celery and lemon and Sometimes I change the greens, but that's pretty much my favorite mix. And um, it was funny because you were talking earlier with uh, uh, Julie about uh, raw foods and mushroom powder, and I took about $1,000 worth of supplements every month that I was having treatment for about a year and a half, and that included concentrated mushrooms like reishi and maitake and coriolis. Um, There were a lot of different nutraceuticals that I took while I was going through surgeries and chemotherapy. And this kept me strong. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I I continue with the green foods, and I I don't eat sugar very often. You were talking about sugar before. Sugar feeds cancer. Mm -hmm. And I don't stay away from it, but it's not something that is in my everyday diet. Mm -hmm. And meditation. And meditation, another really important piece. It really is. And it seems like you're doing nothing, but in doing nothing, you're doing everything. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. we are going to take a break right now, and we'll be back with more Karen Hartglass and more Main Street Vegan Radio right here on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Wellness expert, Dr. Michelle Robin on healthy living. In the game of wellness, there's some basic habits that you need to embrace in order to live a well life. In her book, Wellness on a Shoestring, Robin shows you that complete wellness of body, mind, and spirit doesn't have to cost a fortune. Client Eddie Penrice turned his health around with Dr. Robin's Seven Habits for a Healthy Life. I've got to say my body just embraced the change. Besides feeling better, looking better, thinking more clearly. Many of Robin's seven habits for a healthy life are simple and free. She offers tips and shares real stories from clients like Eddie, who've incorporated the habits into their lives and seen the results. You can make this change by being convicted that you will do it. That you don't need anyone else's assistance or help to do it. Make this the year you get healthy. Discover a low-cost, attainable path to feeling better than ever. Order wellness on a shoestring today at www.shopunity.org. From mayhem to miracle, from disaster to divine, Rants to Revelations Radio finds the opportunities for spiritual growth in everyday moments. Drawing from current headlines to pop culture, Reverend Ogan blurs the lines between the sacred and the profane, bringing meaning to the meaningless, with guests who are dedicated to transforming the world for good. Join Ogan live every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Central for Rants to Revelations Radio. Thank you for tuning in for Main Street Vegan. Here is your host, Victoria Moran. Oh, the time goes so fast, especially when I butt in telling, singing stories. So we're going to talk real fast with Karen Hartglass of Responsible Eating and Living to get everything in. I did promise that I would talk a bit or allow you to talk a bit about your speaking for the cattlemen. I know we talked about this when you were on before, and people who want to go back and look up that show, it was the one that uh, Adair Moran, my daughter, was on talking about uh, wildlife rehabilitation, if you want to look that up. But just tell those of us who are here right now, Karen, how'd you get along with the cattlemen? 
it was a crazy thing that this woman who owned a feedlot would invite me to an event, a bull sale, where she was having a panel on the on animal agriculture's contribution to climate change, and she wanted a vegan. And I thought it was a phenomenal opportunity. I did a couple of months of intense research, and then I had to kind of whittle that all down into a 10-minute presentation and then be ready for questions and answers. And I got there, and there were 250 cattle ranchers, and it was a phenomenal experience. They liked me. (laughs) They didn't hurt me. And uh, we had really excellent dialogue. I thought there were some really good questions, and I want to do more of that. Oh, that's that's such a great story, and and I hope that you do have that opportunity. And then... You and Gary made a a documentary about that. Yeah, so we thought it was such a great story that uh, I wish we had thought about it before the event, but we came home after the event and we collected all the photos that we had and a little bit of footage that we took and told a story about what happened. And we made a movie called The Lone Vegan Preaching to the Fire. And it's up on my... It's up on ResponsibleEatingLiving.com's website. It's free. It's about 70 minutes. Okay, so responsible eating and living, that's dot com, not dot org. Correct. Is that right? Okay, then. Yeah, I'm I think, gonna... but I think dot org goes there too. I have both of them. Okay. But it's responsible okay. eating and living dot com. Mm-hmm. Okay. And is the and spelled out? Yes. Okay, all right. Responsible eating and living dot com. Everything's spelled out. So the lone vegan is the documentary, and then there's mm-hmm. the lone vegan project that we need to get out in the world and stop talking with one another and saying, I really like what you did with that tempeh. That's right. We need to be talking to the people who don't get it, not the choir, but the fire. Uh-huh. And do it, of course, in a loving, non judgmental way. Oh, so, absolutely. I mean, I think people were scared. When um, I w- was in front of them about to open my mouth, and I I tried to engage with them by telling them all the things that we have in common, mm-hmm. the things that all of us want, the things that all of us need, and then I was just very honest with them. I told them the truth, and it was it worked. I don't know that I changed anybody, but I know some seeds were planted. Well, and they now know that not every vegan is a crazy person. They probably never met one before. But if they (laughs) met one who was crazy, then we all are. And now they've met you, and we all aren't. So that's good. So you're going to be doing something with John Robbins. You said that you'd worked with EarthSave, which was an organization that um, John was instrumental in founding many years ago, and now that's gone a different direction. So what are you guys doing right now? Yeah, so we're in the middle of it, actually. But John and his son Ocean have created the Food Revolution Network, and it's been around for about three years, and they interview a lot of experts in the food movement, and that goes on during a week in April, I think, and you can listen for free or purchase the package. And uh, they're also doing a, a number of boycotts and and putting out information about things in our food movement that need to be changed. And then they decided, based on a survey they did of, of their subscribership, um, to, they decided to do a healthy kitchen course. People wanted to learn how to eat better and they wanted to learn how to make it easy and quick because everybody's got crazy busy lives. And um, the three of us are doing it together. It's uh, six weeks and uh, there's one hour class each week. We just did our third class yesterday and um, we talk about a lot of different things related to food and give out recipes and tips 
and it's great, and I'm learning a lot from it, from what people need, and I think we're going to offer it again next year in June. Okay, cool. Now, it's not going to be online so people could just sign up and get it. They need to wait for the next time it's offered. Right. I, okay. Yeah, it's, it's uh, in the middle right now. I think there might the Healthy Kitchen Power Hour might be available, which is okay. a free one-hour program. Okay. But, uh, yeah, they, they can go to Food Revolution network.org or foodrevolution.org for okay. just to follow the food revolution. Okay, that yeah. sounds cool. And then he has that wonderful book, Food Revolution. So Right. It's, yeah, it's everywhere. It's everywhere. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, foodrevolution.org is the Food right. Revolution Network. Okay, mm-hmm. that's that's very cool. Okay, and then you sing. We know that. Because we started this interview with you and Gary just sounding, oh, my gosh, so lovely. I just want to go to a little club with a little hot tea, and my husband Mm -hmm. will have a glass of wine, and we'll listen Mm. to you all night. So tell us about the Swing and Gourmets. Okay, I will. Well, you know, I have a, a musical theater and opera background, and I was raised by parents who were courting each other, singing this kind of swing, jazzy music, Billy Eckstein, Sarah Vaughan from the old days. And and then uh, Gary and I started talking about uh, what we could do to promote this mission of healthy, delicious food, share our stories, because I went through advanced ovarian cancer, and I'm absolutely convinced my diet kept me alive, my diet kept me through treatment, and my diet has helped me heal and thrive. And Gary also has a story where he lost about 100 pounds, and he had been dealing with crazy diets all his life, and he finally made peace with his food. So we have this show. It's a vegan cabaret musical. We tell our stories, and we sing a variety of different songs that we have made food-related, and they swing, and... uh, and that's this one thing that we have. And we want to develop it a little more, adding some original tunes. Um, we have some other things that we want to do with the Swing Gourmets. Have a, in addition to this show, we have some other themed shows that we want to develop for the Swing Gourmets. But the whole idea is to make it fun, delicious, and musical, and share this, this amazing message about plant foods. That is so cool. So are you open to doing this for VegFests and various places around oh, and about? Absolutely. Yes, absolutely. Okay, so if anybody listening is part of a <laughs> VegFest somewhere around the world, you know, I find even when I was doing a lot of speaking in the corporate and association world before I was doing so much in, in the vegan world, it seemed that those speakers who sang – they were just so special, and everybody loved them so much because there's only so much you can just listen to information. And when somebody comes in with some music, it's just like you got a great, big, wonderful gift. Hmm, I agree. So they can find you on the responsibleeatingandliving.com website? Yeah, but we also have a Swing and Gourmets site. It's swinggourmets.com, and that's spelled... Two ways. They both go to the same place, so you could just spell out swinginggourmets.com. It'll get you there. Okay, that's really fun. And you can watch our trailer, which is kind of fun. Okay, cool. Well, I'm just going to be a fan and start 
watching everything. So you've got you've got lots of recipes there at Responsible Eating and, and uh, Living as well. I know you've got a Thanksgiving food show posted. Oh, yes. So we put this together a few years ago, and now it's a tradition. We uh, put it up on the website at Thanksgiving, and uh, we created food shows for some of our favorite Thanksgiving recipes, which are new traditions. I like making new traditions mm-hmm. instead of those that aren't um, so nice. And um, they feature some of my favorite foods, like a cassoulet, which I kind of picked up when I was living in the south of France for four years. And I made a vegan version of it. It's a white bean casserole with a, kind of like a Dijon mustard herb sauce. It is so delicious, easy to make. Everybody gobbles it up. And uh, a savory pumpkin pie with a sunflower seed crust. So instead of using oil, you use sunflower seeds. And uh, it's a great dish. And so there's that show. And we have uh, another a, a bunch of recipes in addition on the main page of the website that are good for Thanksgiving. Love that. And we've got something going on at at Main Street Vegan on that theme as well this week. If you go to MainStreetVegan.net slash blog, this week's blog is by a wonderful graduate of Main Street Vegan Academy. She's also a blogger herself and a columnist in Ann Arbor, Michigan for the, the local paper. And she has done a post for us this week called Vegan Thanksgiving Simplified. And you know, anybody would like to simplify either Thanksgiving, but then when you throw in the vegan and you wonder if some relative is going to be upset, it can just, it can be overwhelming. And so that's a piece to help take a little bit of the overwhelm out of this holiday. <laughs> it's just strange for vegans anyway, because, you know, we, we love our families and we have gratitude like everybody else, but this is also a really sad time for us because we think about the turkeys. So it, it's an odd one. And yet somehow... I think it's like so much of, of life. You you feel the grief and you feel the joy, and somehow you're able to carry those both within you. So in our last couple of minutes, Karen, what are you most passionate about right this minute? Hmm. What am I most passionate about right this minute? Wow. Um, I'm very passionate about breathing, and I bring this up a lot. Because um, we can't live without breathing. We're so focused on food, and food is really important. And and more important than that is water, and even more important than that is breathing. And uh, when things are just feeling a little anxious or uncomfortable or whatever, I just think about breathing. And I work next to an open window, and sometimes the, the air comes in, and there's all these different scents and flavors that come in. And I enjoy those moments. Every breath is delicious. What a very timely and magical thing to say. I've said on the show before that when I was in London in September, I picked up a used copy of Autobiography of a Yogi, which everybody that I know read like 40 years ago, everybody that I know who's old enough to have read anything 40 years ago read that, and I didn't. And (laughs) the, the biography of Yogananda who carries on the tradition of Kriya Yoga, which is a breathing practice for enlightenment. And how interesting that I'm kind of keeping that breathing in my mind a little bit over there at the edge, and you have brought it home so perfectly. (laughs) And, you know, sometimes all it takes is opening a window. Yeah, and just paying attention. 
paying attention. And there's so many great things to smell. Sometimes things come in that aren't so nice, but for the most part, you know, the fresh fall air right now is so delicious. Mm, I love it. Well, Karen, you're pretty delicious yourself. Thank you so much for (laughs) spending this time with me. We have been speaking with Karen Hartglass of ResponsibleEatingAndLiving.com and TheSwinginGourmets.com. Earlier, we talked with Julia Corbett, who wrote Raw Cookies. Yum, yum to that. And thank you all so much for spending this 55 minutes with us. little bit of vegan heaven right here on Earth. God bless you, everyone, and eat those veggies. Thank you for listening to Main Street Vegan. Join us every Wednesday at 2 p.m. Central Time as Victoria Moran entertains, educates, and inspires you on your vegan journey. This program is sponsored by Main Street Vegan. To learn more about Victoria or to explore training with Main Street Vegan Academy as a vegan lifestyle coach, go to www.mainstreetvegan.net. That's www.mainstreetvegan.net. Does music open your heart and bring you peace and joy? Experience the sacredness of sound with Ramdesh Kaur as we travel the world of mantra, kundalini yoga, and devotional music. Join us for a journey into spirit, Thursdays at 4 p.m. Central, 5 p.m. Eastern, on Spirit Voyage Radio with Ramdesh. Only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Inspiration only takes a moment. We invite you to consider these words from Unity author Charles Roth. Live deeply in the present moment. If you are going to work on the premise that real energy, real excitement, that feeling of being fully and enthusiastically alive comes from a source within you, then it follows that you have to spend some time getting acquainted, being at home in those far reaches of inner space. Peace is power, for out of stillness, strength is born, and out of inner harmony, productivity flourishes. Rest in that inner peace. This meditative moment is brought to you by Unity. Spirituality into your own hands? Bucking corporate religion in favor of finding your own path? Do you cross the boundary between religion and science? Or between religions themselves? Do you like a dose of humor with your truth-seeking? If you answered yes, you're what we call a holy rascal. Join Rabbi Rami Shapiro for How to Be a Holy Rascal, Wednesdays at 11 a.m. Central. Rami and his guests will engage in lively, humorous discussions about what it means to be a spiritual human being in the 21st century. How to Be a Holy Rascal, Wednesdays at 11 a.m., only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world.
How is life working for you? Would it be okay with you if life got easier, simpler, yet more meaningful and vibrant? Join certified life coach Carla McClellan Tuesday afternoons for Vibrant Living. Each week, Coach Carla and her guests will share strategies and solutions designed to make your life more vibrant. Is there something in your life you'd like help with? A dream you'd like to achieve? A relationship you'd like to improve? Call into the show toll-free for Coaching with Carla. That's Vibrant Living, Life Coaching with Carla. Tuesdays at 3 p.m. Central on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. What if we're all meant to do what we secretly dream? Intuition is our spiritual GPS and the single best tool that we have for navigating our lives. I'm Victoria Shaw. And on my Intuitive Connection podcast, I will share with you the ways to connect with your intuition and awaken the gifts of your soul. In each episode, I'll draw on my own intuitive gifts and my training as an Ivy League trained counselor and psychologist to help support you in reaching your highest potential. Start listening now on Mind Body Spirit FM Podcast Network or wherever you find your podcasts.